It's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to this week's Salt in the Smoke Cigar Cast. Drew, Cal, Mo, Danny. Yo. And Mo, uh, introduce this week's guest if you'd like. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the one and only Costa of Smoke Maniunk in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is the owner of Smoke. Uh, and somebody I deeply care about and like as a human being. Some might call it love. Um, it's so sweet. But either way, he is a he's a good guy. And we, Costa, uh, if you want to say hello. Hi, everybody. Um, and so Costa is, you know, we talk a lot about retailers on the podcast. We talk a lot about the retail environment and things like that. And, and in the past, we've had people like Vince on from, from B&B, who also Costa's friends with out in the Philly area. Uh, we've had Jeff on from, from Classic Cigars in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we're just bringing on another, another guy to give us his perspective. And Costa has a very interesting story, um, his background, how he got into cigar, how he started Smoke, what he used to do before Smoke. Um, he's also working on a really cool POS system that uh, people are starting to use in the retail environment, like cigar stores. And so we'll get to all that. Um, so Costa, if you want to want to start by telling us a little bit about Smoke and, and when it started. and Yeah, so first off, obviously, thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks for the kind words uh, a couple episodes ago. A um, bunch of us here at the shop. We've listened to the podcast ever since meeting Mo and him telling us about it. And uh, big fans, kind of it's interesting because it actually fuels a lot of our conversation in the lounge. Um, it's like, yo, did you watch that? Like, I was just leaving to head down here to the shop. My manager, Evan, who lives with me, he's like, did you listen to Juan's episode from last week yet? I was like, the last thing he asked me on the way to the door, I was like, actually, I'm on my way to get on this podcast. He's like, no way. <laughs> so everybody down here in Philly is actually, you guys got a lot of good listeners. Sam Turner is one of the only other guys that comments on your SoundCloud account. If you ever check that, oh, great guy. <laughs> He's our main well, dude. We, we've actually we've actually got a topic from Sam that he he sent me. So we're going to discuss that God. later in the podcast after we talk about you a little bit. God, who knows what that's going to be? Oh, it's great. You just wait. <laughs> so yeah, I started. I've been smoking cigars for way too long, not too long, long enough. Uh, and opened the shop in 2013 under some weird circumstances, and um, just hit our five-year mark and hit some of our big milestones and lots of new things coming. I don't know how much detail you want me to go into. Uh, well, well, Kosi, you you guys are boutique-heavy shop. I mean, almost. Your whole entire humidor is boutiques, correct? Yeah. So we first opened. Um, I knew uh, it's actually amazing that I ever opened a cigar shop because I thought I knew a lot about cigars, and this was a great idea. And uh, it came time to like order cigars, and I realized I was like only ordering the the few things that I knew, and I didn't know enough about the rest. Um, I don't have any background in retail, so it's not like I'm like a retail guru and I've opened up businesses before. So it's kind of just off a whim based off of other stuff that happened in my life that I decided to go down this path. But when I first opened, I sat down with a couple of the local reps and uh, they obviously guide me to buy all their stuff. And so when I first started out, we had like a whole wall of Ash and a whole wall of Oliva, a whole wall of Fuente, a whole wall of Alec Bradley. Like we had a whole wall of Perdon. We had all the... Uh, not what I call, I, I refuse to bring in the general analysis stuff, um, but we had still that middle tier, whatever we, whatever we call them. Half those guys still think they're boutique, which is weird to me. But, and then over the last about a year and a half in, uh, I got rid of those. And that's when I started discovering uh, a lot of these boutique cigars. That was like in 2013, 14, which is when they all really started booming. And now we're at the point where we have... Uh, we just did our inventory, so we're 96% what I would call boutique um, in the humidor. So, outside of uh, the the big brands we have, like if we if we have them, uh, we carry only their very best stuff pretty much at this point. So, it comes to like 
my father, we have one Le Bijou, and then we have all the, the anniversary cigars, and then we have some blues from 2008, a lot of vintage old stuff we find from other shops that can't move it. Drew Estate, all we have is Liga and uh, LFD. We carry Chapter 1, Chapter 2, and uh, some of the diggers, and we don't carry more Fuente, no more Ashton. We've gotten rid of a lot of the uh, big brands and a lot more work to it, but uh, I think it's worth it now. Interesting. So you have uh, you have Roma Craft then, right? Antique? Yeah. Yep. Ninety six percent is our number now. How do uh, you it, determine what a boutique cigar is for that? I know that's a big debate among a lot of people. Uh yeah. I don't really know. We could talk about that. I mean, boutique. Uh, <laughs> I forget who I got this conversation with. Uh, if you like look up boutique, it really is like some of the definitions are actually like more derogatory. It's like somebody who sells something that lots of people want and it's overpriced and it just is what it is. Not maybe <laughs> price for the value. It's like, well, that's kind of true a lot. Uh, other people consider, uh, you know, more volume, like how many cigars these people make. Um, but if you talk to like Alan Rubin about Bradley, he still considers them boutique. I'd consider them far from boutique. Uh, and I love the dude, but I don't consider them boutique. So for me, if they're boutique, I don't even like that word per se because of that debate. But for me, it's I ha, I know the person in the company personally. It's there's a, a single face or just a couple faces behind it. And it's a very small company. And it's a few guys or girls that are like literally living their dream and trying to make something happen. And those people I relate to because uh, that's what I'm trying to do. So it's um, for me, it's not necessarily uh the size of the company per se, the way they integrate with me as a retailer is what makes them a boutique. I think if you have an HR department and a marketing department and they're legit departments, I don't think I think that definitely qualifies you as not boutique anymore. Yeah, we got an HR department here at Smoke, but it's me, so it doesn't go very far. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Danny, are you are you the community outreach director? <laughs> sure, yeah. I, uh, I take the I take the trash out too. Yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah. So, Costa, here, here's a question that we got from um, from a listener, and you, this is a good question now that we have you on. I mean, it's a good question in general because I've seen this and always wondered what people's thoughts were. Uh, v Cut Everything on Instagram wanted to know our thoughts on when retailers put cigar boxes on the floor. So, have you guys ever been in a humidor that might be overpacked or whatever, and they put boxes of cigars on the floor boxes that are for sale not closed cigars but actual boxes that are for sale and they're open and what are your guys' thoughts on that and Cole, so we can start with you since you are a retailer uh for me one of the biggest things about my humidor that i worry about is it being clean and organized um so down to you can ask like eli even the the back stock that's up up top on the shelves, I make sure those are all lined up proper and look nice. Um, it's a high-end product. It's cool. It's romantic. And uh, put it on the floor is, like, not even what I do with my dirty clothes at night. So, <laughs> for me, it's like, I don't, I don't know. And it's sad because I think a lot of these stores, and there's a few here in Philly that, like, they were my dream humidors, and that's what got me into cigars. And now I go back to them. It's like they're overstock on stuff, and you don't know where to put it, and I get that. But you can't put it on the floor and expect it to do well. And if you put it on the floor to me, it's like of uh, next to zero value. Like there's only a few things I put on my floor and uh, it's not anything that I care about. Right. So I, I think, I think even like the triple stacking and the, and the, um, the only cigars we have on the floor are literally acid underneath the shelf. And that's cause I hope we never sell one, but the guys that want them, they can <laughs> they they find it. And I refuse to give them shelf space cause I don't, necessarily respect them but they're there because people want them but that's other than that like if you ever catch a box on my floor i would i would have an issue with that i don't know i think it's sloppy okay um i i'll go next because i actually there was a a retailer and they're not they haven't ordered anything from me in a long time but the guy was showcasing patina and that he likes to smoke it as his morning cigar so he's going to grab a patina connecticut and the box is open on the floor and I was Fuck. like, man, that, that's going to be hard for people to see unless they kick into it. I, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pretty indifferent, but um, 
I would figure that if you wanted to showcase a cigar, it probably wouldn't wouldn't be on the floor. Um, but that's just my my opinion. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you listen, it's just like even in some places, if if the cigar is too high, you know, there's mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want the top shelf, right? It's that there's that sweet spot of eye level to, to what is it, eyes to nipples or whatever it is, right? And then. On the floor is even worse, right? I mean, it's kind of like Costa was kind of saying it. Right? He didn't even throw his dirty clothes on the floor. You got a hamper, you got a place for it, right? So it's like, like anything automatically put on the floor is just, in my eyes, must not be good because you're not putting your best shit on the floor, and you're not going to put your, even if it's not your best cigar, but you're not you're not putting your best movers on the floor. So, you know, it's just that it's one hundred percent sloppy and. uh I'd be wary of a, of an account of opening an account that I knew was like that just because it's like, well, you know, what did those guys do that put them on the floor? Or is it just, Hey, all my new stuff doesn't fit on the show. So I got to put them on the floor. So I'm like, well, I, you know, are we going to end up on the floor? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, that's not a good look. It also just shows you're not moving product like you think you should and stop ordering shit. And, stop you know, ordering. <laughs> man, manage your fucking inventory better. You know, obviously you, you got a problem somewhere that you're not selling shit. I got to jump in from the the strict consumer perspective looking for random cool deals. I love it because (laughs) there's something on that floor that 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 retailer doesn't understand what they have, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get a good deal on it. Yeah, but you're Um, like a really smart consumer. Right, so I'm all about it. Most people would not be, and if I were a retailer, I would not do it. But if I can go find a bunch of random crap on the floor... I guarantee you there's a box in there that I want. Sure. And, you know, and if it's cheaper because it's on the floor, then I definitely don't want to be in that store. You know what I'm saying? Cause well, now are you just dumping my product? Right. Oh, for sure. So, totally yeah. but I, I, it's between manufacturer and consumer on that one. I yeah. Think. I get what you're saying. I have some asses on my floor for you. All right. <laughs> Infused with awesomeness. Cal will buy them up. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't like to see that in my local shop, but I love seeing that on the road when I'm like cow said, if I travel somewhere and I see that shop, that's like a gold mine. You never know what's back in behind there and the, in the back. It's always good stuff hidden on the floor down for like half an hour. Oh yeah. Through the crap. Yep. Yeah, that stuff's awesome, but I, but I don't want to go to a lounge on a daily basis like that. So, so speaking of inventory control, Costa, you've been working on a POS system. Um, gear, you, you've been mostly gearing it towards cigar shops, at least up to this point. Tell us a little bit about what made you decide to to now you used to so to give people a little background. Costa used to work for Lockheed Martin. And you could tell people what you used to do for Lockheed and kind of how that gives you the experience to do kind of what you're doing with your POS. Um, yeah, so I moved out to Philly in 02, got a job with them. It was like my dream company. I couldn't wait to work for them. Literally stalked them down on like career days. Uh, got the job, moved out here, worked for them for about 13, 14 years. And um, while I was there, I did all kinds of stuff and things uh <laughs> most of it, i can't it's like i had clearances and you can't talk about it but like yeah. so a big chunk of it was uh date most of it was all data related so processing data high volumes uh large amounts um and the tech world we call it big data and uh so there's not a really a big data for problem problem per se in the cigar industry but the data problem definitely exists there um and I didn't know about it or care about it or think about it when I started. So I just eventually got to the point where I hated my job and wanted to quit. And that's uh, the quick story of how I started the cigar shop. Um, went driving around one day. It was like, we got, we put out this project. We banged it out. It was me. I had five guys on my team. We ended up selling it for a pretty large chunk of money, the company did, and uh, Lockheed. And then we got our bonus, which was uh, – Awesome. It was $300 and I was taxed. It awesome. Was, uh, software sold for lots and lots of zeros. And 
you know, went to my manager. I was like, hey, can you just give us like a couple days off? I want to take the guys on a trip out of town or just down to the shore or something like that. Uh, you don't have to pay us. Just give us a couple days off. And they wouldn't do anything. And that was pretty much my last stint there. I was like, I can't work for companies that do this anymore. And took a couple days off of my own and drove around the old cigar shop that I used to smoke cigars at. It closed for about a year at that point. And that first day, as soon as I turned on to Main Street, which is right down the road from my house, the cigar shop was getting a for rent sign up. So I popped in, asked the guy about it and called up the guys from the old shop. And that, and I said, we, it was one of those shops, you know, you're in your shop. And you're like, ah, oh, if we own this place, we do it this way. One of those conversations all the time. And, uh, I was like, Hey, do you want to actually try to do it? And they were, uh, they were down for it. So my current business partner, me and, uh, or Joe and myself, uh, we signed the lease, got two other guys invested in it. And, we built the whole place out. Long story short, it came time to open. Uh, it took us about seven months. Me and Joe worked our day jobs and built the place out at night. And it was about a week before. And the one thing I never thought about was how we were going to do transactions. And <laughs> like, swear to life, one day Joe's like, I think he just assumed I had it covered. So I'm like the computer nerd in the, in the friendship. He's like, when's the computer stuff get here? Do we have to build anything for that? And I was like, I totally forgot about that, man. And, um, <laughs> So I hopped online and started looking at POS systems, talking to other people that have small business on the street. Uh, I've never met anyone that liked their POS. No one could recommend one to me. Um, so I sat down and Joe had to finish up the construction. I spent the next three days writing something uh, that would just get us through that weekend, our opening weekend, and wrote a little piece of code for that. And then uh, we opened and I added more over the next couple weeks. With the goal of I'd go to IPCPR, find a piece of software there that was made for scar shops. I didn't want to get back into writing software, really. And I uh, went there, couldn't find anything that I loved. And there's nothing really made for the cigar industry. So um, I just decided I was going to finish it up and write it for myself. And it would do exactly what I needed to do. So that was good. And fast forward, hired, a, I don't know if you know, Joni from Smoking Dog. Who made us her, yeah, her daughter, yeah, for Sam. sure. Yeah, she carries Patina and uh, all you guys actually. You just had an much. event. Just had an event there on last Thursday. Yeah. So that's kind of she. Oddly enough, uh, I don't even know if she knows this. She's kind of the one that fueled the concept of this becoming another business. Her daughter worked for me, uh, Sam, and she's awesome at cigars and just an awesome person. And one day, her mom, uh, she's like, "Hey, I think my mom should use your POS system. I really like it. I hate the one she uses." So I took it over, showed Joni. I ended up just giving it to her for free just to get feedback on it and uh, help her out. And then um, that was about three and a half years ago. And then as time dragged on, uh, ended up developing it all the way out to be a full-blown product. So we now have it in uh, a few other stores and uh, just went officially live with it in November. But it's basically a full-blown so I wouldn't call it like a POS system as much as like it's my manager for my store next to Eli, who's the boss, but it helps him do his job even better uh, than he already does and helps keep us organized. It handles our inventory. So it, it automatically puts together analytic orders based off of how we're selling, what we're selling, the time of year we're selling it, who's coming in, what frequencies, just all the data is flowing into it. Um, it builds PO, sends them out to the reps. It's very well integrated with the uh, cigar community that has like a DDRP module uh, where you can see where you are with DDRP with Drew State. It has it knows every company and how much they are great or how much they suck at shipping, so we can <laughs> maximize our orders with shipping. Uh, it knows companies that are flat rate shipping, so it just builds orders for exactly what we need. And there's no reason to add on to it. Uh, has an IPCPR module, so any store that's ever done that and tried to be smart at IPCPR and spend way too much, it prevents me from ever doing that again. Uh, like a whole customer module where we can like text customers and about events and they can see what they've smoked and they can rate their cigars and uh, put whether or not they're a mother, father, and their anniversaries in. And then uh, they build a wish list and sends it out to their wives or husbands and lets them know that we have a wish list on you know Father's Day, Christmas, and their birthday and all those things. So kind of just runs a shop for us, honestly, and keeps us uh, from dropping balls. So is this the beginning of our cigar robot overlords? Is that what's happening? Yes. So, yeah, I just started 
uh, and I'd love to get some feedback on this. We started last week building my favorite, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a whole separate topic for another day, or I don't know what you guys have to talk about today, but me and Eli have been debating this whole last week, like what's the best way to rate a cigar to compare it to another cigar? Is it, obviously, it's not just size matters, guys. Uh, strength matters, but if you ever look like this cigar snob when they do that flavor wheel, uh, kind of go with the concept like that, but it needs to be like a little bit more detailed because it says like earth and like flowers and dirt fall on earth, which obviously take taste totally different. So, uh, that is my goal, man. It's to get every cigar mapped out and guys be able to find better cigars or find other guys with matching profiles and see what they're smoking and take some of the the fake fake reviews out of this process and make everybody have smarter uh, suggestions. You know, it's interesting. So um, there are brands that have started basically telling you what you're going to taste in a cigar. And they, yeah. and they do it on their, their point of sales, like literature, or if you want to call it literature or whatever. And I always thought that that's very dangerous. And here's why. That if I tell you that you're going to taste X, Y, Z kind of like notes in a cigar and you don't, you're going to be disappointed, right? Or you're going to think that, oh, my God, I missed it. Or I just always, I was always weary about when people ask me, what, can I, what am I going to taste in this cigar? And I, and I always shy away from that just because people's palates are so different. But when you talk about compare, like people who smoke like cigars, then I think you're on to something because I think even though people may have a different palate or do have different palates, there are definitely people that have similar profiles where like, if they like this, they typically are going to like these other three cigars as well. And you see that over and over and over again. You're thinking of like Amazon style recommendations. You know, if you buy this, buy this. Almost. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. It's like, if I say this cigar has these, yeah, you pick 20 flavors that are basic, and I say, this is what I think it has, and I rate it a five, which means I like it. And then I do that with 100 more cigars. I can build, like, what your palate, what your profile is really like. And then with data only, and then if there's somebody else that has one that matches up really close, my guess yep. is you got smoked very similar cigars. And then I can be like, hey, this is the guy. You guys want to kind of, like, then the system would feed off of each other and be like, all right, well, he smokes the cigar so you should probably try that one if you haven't tried it because that's kind of how it is in the shop right if you, you, you know who the guy is that smokes what you smoke yep definitely wasn't uh dave or cow weren't you guys working on something like that a little bit you a little were, more coming yeah. out about that in the next week or two uh-oh oh oh uh-huh. spoiler alert it's not. Right. Cool. It's not quite as cool as recommending things for you, though. Well, I'd be curious to hear about it. Listen in to the next couple of podcasts <laughs> yeah. to find out what Cal has to say. I'll be in the SoundCloud comments. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a question for you guys. Uh, this comes from Marty Pape, who uh, M Pape seventy eight on Instagram. Good dude. I'm gonna use this for cigars. Uh, he said, what are five things that, that, that somebody uses to make them seem smarter? So I'm going to twist this question around a little bit. In the <laughs> past, we've talked about how people will talk about how much they like Lanceros because they think that that makes them seem like an aficionado. In the past, we've discussed how people say, oh, I love smoking Cubans. I only smoke Cubans because they think that that gives them some sort of, uh, again, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, credibility. credibility. Legitimacy. Credibility. There you go. So what are five things that you guys hear? And maybe it doesn't have to be five. It could be one, two, just to get the conversation started. But things that you'll hear from people and you'll be like, okay, now I know you really don't know shit. But this actually may, you you <laughs> think this is making you seem smarter. But in reality, it's telling you that you only have a surface level understanding of something. What would an example of that be? It could be cigars. It could be not cigars. We could start with cigars if you want. I've heard people describe cigars that 
like, oh, you know, I, I love your cigars. Um, they're they're some of the strongest out there. Or people are like, man, Roma Craft cigars are they're they're just really strong for me. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, well, it's not true. You know, like we have one full body cigar, and the rest are medium, pretty much medium. You know, mild to medium, medium, maybe a medium plus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and these these are like people that are fans of Roma, and they'll come by headquarters or stuff like that. Or you'll just talk to you at events. And like, man, you know, I just love your, or the, the other side, I love your cigars. They're so, you know, I'm really into the full body, full strength cigars. I'm like, I'm like, okay, dude, you know, I, I appreciate that. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe you must be new. Right. Or, or, uh, or something because, you know, if you're smoking Nicaraguan cigars, ours are not strong by, by that, by measuring, you know, what's out there as far as Nicaraguan cigars go. Right. I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. That's some kind of, I, I've experienced recently. Or regularly. What do you think are... See, I put Roma on the fuller scale. I mean, by and large. I mean, outside of... I don't think Intemperance is all that full, but Aquitaine? Man, that, that so, whoops my ass, man. I so like to. Yeah, I put... I, I mean, we, I put um, Aquitaine like at a medium plus. Because, if you know, if my, if my full body measure is Neanderthal, mm-hmm. Aquitaine is not as strong as Neanderthal. But it is stronger than the Cro-Magnum Broadleaf. Um, mm-hmm. it's Lajero, you know, it's a thicker leaf. So, yeah. I mean, just naturally a little stronger. Um, so, you know, I put the BA and the Cro-Magnum right at a medium and then the Ecuadorian Connecticut, like in a mild, to a mild medium and really mm-hmm. mild, barely, you know, uh, it's still the same in temperance blend. It's just Ecuadorian Connecticut is much thinner. So, um, it's really, that one's more about the flavor. So yeah, I wouldn't necessarily put them as, you know, strong cigars if you think about really what's out there in nicaraguan Ooh. cigars um that tend you know nicaraguan tobacco just tends to be stronger um mm-hmm. as a whole okay so uh, that's my opinion <laughs> who's next Cal, who's Bosta, Drew, you guys have any examples Fresh. of that when somebody asks if you guys have any fresh cigars, yeah, all right, I immediately <laughs> go to like, like, what? What do you mean by fresh? And immediately, I like, you guys got any fresh ones? Fresh. It's always like, it's not fresh. It's like fresh cigars, fresh <laughs> cigar. I don't, I don't know what that means, man. If I gave you a fresh cigar, you'd hate your life. Um, yeah. you're <laughs> probably the oldest cigar in here. Probably make you happier. Uh, and then they prolong that, that same person almost always is also the guy that picks up and doesn't put them back how they were, which is the, the part that really makes me mad. I don't really care if you pick up a cigar, but they have to do the squeeze down the cigar. And inevitably it's just like, dude, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know what you're doing, but I, like you learn from somebody. And so that's cool. Um, but like, yeah, we always stop them. Like, Hey man, if you squeeze a cigar and it cracks, you're buying the cracked one. Just so you know. Um, yeah. So don't pick them up. These cigars are all good. We at our shop, like, inspect every single cigar that comes in the shop. We touch every cigar that comes in. We take them all out of the box before they go into the humidor. So, like, they're good um, if they're in here. Um, so those are the two things. Fresh how about, and squeezing. Fresh how, how, about, how about the, the smelling through the cellophane? That's I love that. Favorite. Same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a profile. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Pattern, <laughs> pattern of behavior. Yeah. It's the same guy. It's all the same things. It's like, ah. Uh. He, he's the one that walks in and asks for Cubans, too, though. Yeah, I get the acid. Yeah. Or you don't have Cubans. Like, all right, well, do you got any acids in? It's like, oh wow. my God. Down, on the, don't down on the floor. Unless, yeah, on the floor. Unless you work in a cigar shop, people don't. The people don't believe you when you tell them that, but that is a regular occurrence. You guys have Cubans, yeah. not where are your acids at? Yeah. <laughs> or the other, I'm like, wow, full spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah, me either the best or the worst that money can buy. You really, you really ran the gamut. Uh, I'm really in the mood for a hot dog or filet mignon, you know? When, when I used to work in the markets, I always, um, 
my the phone calls with the guy who had just heard a headline and you're trying to explain to them why they're seeing what they're seeing but then they're like regurgitating something that you know they just heard or they just saw like in an article or on tv that was always kind of my thing that like people would always try to seem like they knew more about what was happening with the markets um than they really did because they could regurgitate a couple of headlines that always no, no Mo, that you don't understand thing. i googled this i know about it oh did you oh okay. i saw it on i saw it on facebook so it's on, true. it's on the internet it's got to be true Right, right. But the flip side, that's always hard because uh, they've probably said that. If it's a grown man, he's probably said that like 50, 60 times and no one's told him otherwise and stopped yeah. him and been and like educated him. So it's like it only prolongs and most men don't speak about something unless they think it's the truth, right? Like you don't just run around saying dumb stuff for to look like an idiot so that's like the like sad part of it so it's like i always i always like step back like be cool with these guys if you spend like five minutes with this guy you probably got a customer for life out of this guy because you're the first person to actually like teach him some stuff and he's not gonna sound like an idiot anymore so that's it's pretty much how i like build our business in the beginning to be honest <laughs> like a lot of dumb annoying conversations but it, at the end of the day they're guys that like if they're reading the news on cigars that's probably more than most guys that smoke cigars every day, too. So it's like, that's, that's true. There's that side of it. That's true. Oh, that's... <laughs> Let me throw one more in there that's related to what you're talking about. I think the guys who always look for the cheapest thing, always, forever, right? I yep. think that's kind of weird, right? I mm-hmm. think if you do it for a while, it makes sense. Or if you're on a budget or a downtime, you know, life is good, right? Stuff happens. But if you're always looking for the cheapest thing instead of like a loyalty thing or a relationship thing, I feel like you have the cigar game down wrong. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Sure. And and Kyle, you've been in some groups that are that are heavy with folks who are like that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fair, you can tell who's been around the block and who hasn't, because if you're yeah. the guy who's like, oh man, this this site suddenly has this cigar super cheap, like you're probably kind of a new guy. Yeah. Or you're just a huge deal finder, which exists too. But there's not very many of those that do that for very long. The humidor can only be so full of good cigars, right? There's only so much space, no matter who you are. Cool. Yeah. So. How about the guy who walks in chewing his cigar, not no. lit? And and then and then uses the community <laughs> cutter to shave off the end. Oh yeah. Ooh. <laughs> So, okay, let's flip it around a little bit. As a retailer, who's your favorite type of customer that walks in? We we talk a lot about, you know, things that annoy us. But a guy walks in, and I know what it used to be for me when I worked retail. But when when a guy walks in, and what's your favorite type of – or a woman now. I mean, we we had Erica on. We've been talking more about the presence of women in cigars. So uh, a man or woman walks into your humidor. What's your favorite type of customer? Who's that too? Coast. You. Yeah. Coast. <laughs> Is that me? I feel like I'm yeah, talking too much. You're the only one that owns a shop. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, the guy. Uh, there's like two types. One For somebody who I don't know, um, it's the guy who walks in and uh, – like especially in our humidor because you probably if you're not really into cigars you probably don't know 90 percent of the cigars in there there's very few like stuff that you do know so the guy who walks in and like you can't get there's the opposite is the guy who walks in i can't get into a conversation to to teach him about our humidor and why it's different and help him find something that i think he'd really like so it's the guy who walks in is like Hey man, I don't recognize most of these things. Like, what do you recommend in here? The guy who like respects that, you know, you put your time and life and money into building the shop. So you probably know what you're talking about. It's like, I don't go take my car to a mechanic and then tell the mechanic how to, uh, how do I want him to do everything? Right. Like you're, you're going to an expert for something. You don't go to a chef and say, Hey, I appreciate this, you know, meal you have on the menu, but can you take off the pesto and add ketchup? It's like that, that pisses chefs off too. Right. So it's uh, the guy who's like genuinely curious to like learn about your humidor and to take a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and, and who just listens or who asks like good questions. Uh, that's always cool. And most of the time it's just the guy who says, Hey, I'm not the expert. Like, what do you recommend? Like the guy who puts his guard down. Cause I think that's a hard thing for men to do too. To just say like women will walk in all the time and they're super humble and cool about it. Like, Hey, I'm pretty new to this. Like, can you help me out? And guys are just like, walls up like i know what i like i'm like cool good luck finding that humidor because you're not gonna know anything in there uh so that's that's my favorite from like the, the guy who i don't know the guy who i do know like uh, a regular in our shop my favorites are when it, when they we've learned them and we know what they like and they hey they walk in they don't they don't bring in a cigar uh, with them, uh, if they're smoking a cigar that it's like almost done, right when they walk in, they're like, "Yo, go on the humidor and just grab me something." You know what I like? I love when that happens. It's hard because you have to build that credibility with them uh, to be able to pick out their next cigar for them. But um, we have quite a few of our like regular members that do that, and I love when that happens. Um, Sam's like a big one. I don't know the last time Sam ever went in our humidor and got it and picked out his own cigar. It's probably been so, a year and a half. <laughs> so speaking of Sam, and this Sam is G Fizzle, <laughs> G underscore Fizzle. That's what on, his great call, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, G underscore Fizzle on Instagram. He used to be 500 at 50, referring to bench press. Big dude. This is going to be a hot button topic because it's it's not inappropriate, but it's it's something that is a reality. Okay, and um, he said you guys should discuss um, guys who bring in their uh, quote unquote side chicks to cigar shops. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this one. <laughs> I didn't know that was uh, a other thing. Than, what's that? I didn't know that was a thing. Well, let me put it to you this way. I have been, when I used to manage a shop, I was put in the middle where I had to not necessarily lie, but I had to. Deceive. Not, not deceive. I, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I had to play dumb. So I told the truth, just I played ignorant about certain aspects of the truth. Sure, that was easy for you. <laughs> no, that wasn't. That wasn't easy. That was weird. It was. It was really weird. Oh, I meant playing uh, dumb. But. Oh, dumb. playing dumb. That was natural. Yeah, kind of that was natural. Why, why would they? That joke, but yeah. Why, <laughs> why do they take their? What? So they're they're not really cheating. They're just taking their side chick to the cigar shop. Well, well having a side chick. Having a side chick is cheating. I get that, but why would you take if 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 you have a side Maybe chick? Maybe not to, Oklahoma. If you have a side chick, don't you want to just like bang her? Why are you going to the cigar shop? Well, because the side chicks want to get taken out too. They don't want to just be home always. They want to feel side good. chicks have evolved. They they want to be yeah. taken to the cigar shop. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm so just as confused as Drew here. I'm, Isn't this a place where people like know you? Yeah. I guess you got to take them to the other cigar shop you don't go to. Like across Unless town? you're with her. <laughs> this must be a thing people do, though, right? Like, not everybody's going to be confused about this. So, yeah, it's oh, not like regular cigar shop. It's more of like a cigar bar type thing, right? So, you're going out for like drinks and you want to have a cigar and it's. Dudes are macho, right? You want to show off that you smoke cigars. This is a regular thing at our shop, which is why Sam asked it. Yeah, um, no, and I, and I used to see it quite often too, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not abnormal. And now most guys, oddly enough, most guys don't bring in their wives. Right. Uh, the guys that do that don't bring in their wives and their side chicks at our shop, so it's not <laughs> a problem for me. Um, there's a couple guys that will bring in their side pieces, and then they'll bring in their, like, uh, their main girl, and then you got to navigate all that conversation. Uh, yeah. But most of them, it's like, and the problem is, is you have a lot of good men in our shop too that don't have side pieces. Uh, not that if you have a side piece, you're a bad man. I'm not going to go down that path. But uh, <laughs> you have guys like like Sam that has a wife who's awesome and doesn't smoke at all. She'll come in and like read her book and sit in the front of the yeah. shop while Sam has a cigar. And then you have these guys bringing in side girls. And generally, our shop's been known as, like, it's a safe place for your dude to come hang out. Uh, like, 
and, and you know your guy can be there till Friday night till 2 a.m. drinking with the boys and there's nothing to worry about uh, there for a while it was like dudes are constantly bringing in different girls almost like showing off their side pieces I don't know mm-hmm. and uh, and then that gives a bad perception to like the girls or like if my girl's there she's like who are all these girls coming in with that guy I thought he was married and I'm like eh, I don't know I just stay out of it just like I can't believe you allow that I'm like well, I can't stop that well, that's, that's, that, that's, the, that, that's the tough thing about all of that because what that does is it makes it tougher for the guys who are, who are faithful to their wives or whatever and, and or their girlfriends, whatever the nature of your relationship is with your significant other. That makes it hard on those guys, right? And, and guys that want to do the right thing that literally just go to the cigar shop to hang out with their boys because now that cigar shop gets a reputation like that and you're all of a sudden like it becomes suspect right and i've seen that exactly fuck it up for everybody no it's true we we lost customers because of that yeah sure you know i don't want you going there that's where guys take whatever and for our listeners who don't know what a side chick is we're going to reference urban dictionary here as we did with Thirst Trap, just to get the official definition. <laughs> um, because uh, we, we like to do things on the up and up here on Sultans of Smoke. Side chick, the other woman, also known as the mistress, a female that is neither a male's wife or girlfriend who has relations with the male while he is in an other relationship. So for our listeners who have never heard that term or don't know what it is. So is this all about smoking that Cornelius and Anthony cigar, The Mistress? Is that what this is about? I don't right. think either. Only if you're a gent. Oh, yeah. Only if you're a gent. Double plug. There it is. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what, I, I don't know if you know the story behind that. That's why, why Courtney named that. It was cigar shops had that reputation. Or not all cigar shops, that, that's kind of like a thing that happens, but the other side is a lot of guys consider cigars their mistress, which I thought was great. It was like, they're going to go cheat on their wife and have a cigar. But then it becomes a problem when it's, you know, they get guys that are cheating on their wife with another girl in there. Right. See, half of that is relatable. The other half, I'm like, I don't understand that at all. But who knows? Did uh, Sam give his opinion on it? Or whether or not it caused problems for him? or No, no. It? Sam is faithfully married. It, it is... Uh, no, not he did not give his opinion. Say if there was a problem with the side pieces coming in. Not that he was doing it. No, but the reality is this. It makes it awkward for all the people around you. Nobody wants to lie on your behalf. Don't put your friends in that situation. Don't put your family or whatever in that situation. If you're going to do that, keep it on your own time. Don't put people you care about in that line of fire for you. That's just ridiculous. I hate that shit. And that's the, you know, whatever you want to do in your personal life is your business. That's between you and whoever. But you start putting people that you care about in in harm's or not harm's way, but but in you know tough situations because of that. That's not cool, man. Well, it becomes a problem when the main girl comes in, right, and wants to know if he's there. That's where <laughs> that's where we start having problems. <laughs> There's like one dude who we had to just be like, "Dude, no more side girls in here, period." Because like his girl would come in and make a scene, looking oh, for yeah. him, and then his side pieces would come in making a scene, and he'd be like hiding in the back <laughs> and smoke. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It was just like. Like, literally, arrest warrants out. We had to call the cops. And one time this girl came in, she's like, dude, this is too much. Like, take him somewhere else. Go to the shop down the road. Split it up. <laughs> I don't care. Just don't do it here anymore. Yeah. And this is to look cool? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. Weird. Weird. I <laughs> <laughs> just don't get it. I think it comes wow. from, I think it stems from, like, I smoke cigars, I look cool when I smoke cigars, I'm doing something I know something about, girls don't know about, it's like a macho-ish type thing, and so when you got this girl you're trying to impress, who's your side piece, and it's like, uh, and then not only that, but you look cool, every time you walk into shops, if you hang out there, and you know all the guys there, 
you get this instant credibility, right? If you bring it, like, I always tell, like, yeah. you know, all my, all the regulars, like, they're, like our new guys, the members, young guys that are dating, I'm like, you should bring a girl here on, like, the second or third day. She's going to walk in, everybody's going to give you hugs. Like, it's this instant credibility thing that happens when you got a lot of grown men, like, shaking your hand and stuff like that. So I think it stems from that, but then it gets, like, abused and misused when you're doing it with, like, straight up side pieces. Yeah. But I think I think side piece or side whatever you want to call it culture has no place in cigars. Let it be a place that people can go and be drama free. Can we agree <laughs> on that? Well, what well, uh, Danny? Just, how about how about you just don't have a side piece? Yeah. Do that well, that again. goes without saying, but people are going to do what they're going to do. That's yeah, no doubt. I guess just yeah. if you don't like your girl, just break up with her and move on. Exactly. Leave her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then you can bring in, then you can bring in like random girls, which we respect a lot more than side pieces. <laughs> yeah. If you can't if you can't be faithful to the person you're with, don't be with them. Well, Not it kind hard. of honestly, it says a lot about the character of the person too. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know. This deci- everything from decision making to loyalty. It just says mm-hmm. a lot about the person. Well, Kyle talked about that the lack of loyalty that we see across everything now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, and it, it just strikes me, right? Like, if you're going to be unfaithful and really an asshole to, like, the woman you're with, right, who you should probably respect a lot, then, like, if I'm your friend, how are you going to treat me? When I'm supposed right. to, I'm probably not as much part of your life as, as that person is. So That's a really good point. Why Why would you bring that person around? Just don't. Yeah. Deep thoughts with everybody. Deep thoughts with everybody. <laughs> Although if you're, if you're somebody who does this, I kind of want to hear from you about what's the story because I just don't <laughs> get it. So So let us know. Yeah, we'll have you on the show. We'll have them on the yeah. show. <laughs> you're have people lining up to share their their, their stories with you, Kyle. Side Jerry's piece of smoke. Of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good stuff. What else? Now, Kyle, you had a couple questions for this week, didn't you? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, um, well, let's let's uh, from the fat. <laughs> so so Costa. <laughs> Are there any trends in cigars that you hope will die out soon? Yes, yeah, so it's out soon. Um, yeah, I mean the obvious ones like big ring gauges, six sixties. I thought that was dying, and it seems to somehow still be staying alive a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there also seems to be. I don't know if it's because of the FDA stuff or what, but. Um, a few of the shops that I've gone to in the past I love, both here in Philly and Delaware and New York, Jersey, Indiana, like the shops that when I'm out moving around that hit up, there seems to be a trend back to the wall of Perdomo. And, Dude, uh, I've seen that too. That's so funny. And it's really hurting my head because I thought that was like, I thought Boutique was like finally getting there. Not that it has to be Boutique to be a good cigar, um, but carrying like 80 facings of sun-grown Connecticut and Maduro is weird to me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's probably like the biggest, like from a retailer perspective, uh, that I hope sees die out. Um, just getting back to like, you know, not heading back towards just carrying stuff that's easy to sell. Cause they're for like two years, like two years ago, it was like everybody was given like, whatever is hot and new a shot and now it seems to be turning back to like just carry what you know you can sell like don't worry about it it's not worth carrying the other stuff do you think that's because certain things actually do sell or it's a lot of work or like what do you think is the cause behind that are people just lazy what's the deal uh i i think that stuff does sell um it is no doubt we spend way more time than i would like to uh, not because we don't like doing it, but every cigar we sell, we like our humidor is locked. So we go in the humidor with every single customer every single time and have like a can spill in the beginning, explain why, what, why our humidor looks the way it is. And then walking through the steps of figuring out what we should actually hand them. Um, 
So to have an unlocked room where you have stuff that people just recognize in there, you can carry the boutique stuff too. But if I walk in there and I don't recognize any of them, I'm a brand recognitions, like kind of everything. Right. So I'm going to pick up a brand that I notice. And a lot of people aren't your average consumer that's out there is not a, not a cigar nerd. Um, so carrying Romeo, Monte Cristo and, you know, Ashton and Philly, cause Holtz is so big here. Like those are, those are easy sells. Like the number of people that come in asking for an Ashton every weekend is, I'd say gets asked at least 30 times without exaggeration. Um, so it's just, it's just easy to sell, I think. Um, and they're not, it's not necessarily like pricing's different. It's not like those cigars are really cheap and boutique are expensive. It's like, why work your ass off to sell a $13 patina when they sell a $13 Ashton to the guy walking in and he's happy because that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah. All right. So, so man, you listen to the Sultans of Smoke at least on occasion. Are there topics that we've brought up that you want to rehash that we've gotten wrong or messed up or have have thoughts on and want to weigh in on? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I said I'd listen. I didn't really pay attention much. Well, that's okay. Uh, I leave comments on SoundCloud. <laughs> I, li- I listen to every single one. Yeah, I throw a comment in every single time. I kind of want to go back through my comments because there's a few. I'm like, uh, I'll run down the list of things that pop in my head. Uh, Lancero conversation always cracks me up. It's like, I don't even want to tell you guys I like Lanceros because I'll get judged. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Like, they are they are cool. Uh, and not just because I think they're cool, uh, in my opinion. Um what else? Uh, Danny hating on me for Roma Craft, which no, is... Uh, I'm loving on you. <laughs> uh, I actually do like Roma Craft a lot. Um, we had tough competition with Vince up in B&B with Roma Craft and other things, but hands down, the... Uh, I don't know if he's the most liked or most hated guy, Skip. I love Skip to death. We rarely agree on anything. Uh, but we seem to always come to like a good, amazing conversation every time we talk. And he's amazing. Every time I go to Nicaragua, I go to his factory and he stops everything. We sit down and have a drink and he hands me a cigar and talks to me and has great conversation, even without carrying cigars to me. That's a, a true sign of his character and what a good dude he is. Um, For sure. So that that is that. Uh, this question brought to you by Roma Craft Cigars. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. The answer. <laughs> um, cigar. Uh, I know one. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it because it's a very sensitive topic at our shop right now. But you guys recently, a couple times, have brought up the whole bringing a, a cigar into a shop mm-hmm. uh, and why you think it's a big deal. Like you're going to buy one anyways, or you're regularly there. Like you never really do it. And just from like a straight up retailer perspective. Um, this is the, like, as much as we want to talk about like, dude, it's a cigar industry. We don't want drama, like respect it. Don't bring your side pieces in or, Hey, this is a purest thing. Like it's a gentleman's activity. This is also the only industry I've ever known of where it's even 1% socially acceptable to bring a product into the business that's being sold in the business. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I can go to the bar next door and want makers mark 46. And if they don't have it and they only have regular makers mark, which just to pick out something like that. You know, every bar carries Maker's Mark. They might have 46. I can't be like, well, that's cool. I'll just run out and grab my flask. I'm going to drink 46 tonight because you don't carry what I like. Like, not an option. We have a mom and pop pizza shop across the street. Some of the worst pizza in the world. But he's a really cool dude, and I love him. But I wouldn't go in there and sit down and order Papa John's and be like, hey, man, I really like the vibe in here. But, you know, you don't have the products I want to carry. Don't worry. I'll grab a slice on my way out just to make you feel good. Um so for a lot of stores, they pour a lot of their soul and time and money and this and that and having a shop. Uh, for the guys that do want to do that, the first thing you should do is walk in and buy a cigar before you even show them that you have another cigar and then pull it out and be like, hey, man, I bought that cigar. Buy one of whatever value. Like, don't go in and buy a Illusion Rothschild and then pull out a Padron 50th year out of your pocket that I sell in the humidor. Right. Um, but as a whole, like, I don't know why it ever became socially acceptable. I think it's absurd. Uh, we kind of allowed it for members for a while, but this week we actually shot out a message to all of our members and it was like, no more period. Don't even ask. It's not even worth the conversation. If you don't have a conversation, 
I'll sit down with you, but set aside an hour so we're going to have a long talk about it. If that's not worth your hour to hear why I feel this way, then it's just not worth talking about anymore. And uh, we just have a hard-nosed policy, period. No, never. Not worth talking about unless you want to talk about it for an hour. Um, <laughs> and nobody wants to talk about it for an hour. They'd rather just buy a cigar, so that's how I handle it in my shop. We'll <laughs> <laughs> talk to you about it for an hour. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I want to wrap my head more around it because you guys are like dudes that are not your average cigar, that are more nerds and like mow your... Uh, uh, you know, you have a brand and a new Danny, and then you also got like the retail experience. I don't know why it's why why people frown upon store owners that don't want you to not, especially when it's like a lounge. You're going in to use a lounge. Like there's overhead to that. There's couches that get worn right. down. There's employees you have to pay to clean. There's Wi-Fi to pay for. Want to be on Wi-Fi while you're smoking your cigar from the internet and all these variables. So. Sell me on why I think it sh- why it should be okay, and I would love to know. That. Well, I, I'm agreeing with you. With the, I, I should I, you absolutely need to buy the buy a cigar. Mm-hmm. Like if you come yeah. in with a cigar, you need to buy one first. Yes, before mm-hmm. you sit down, right? Yeah. But that said, no if I brought one in and I bought one, and then hey, I, I'm buying this, but I'm going to smoke. Now, you you can't now smoke the one you bought because now you're back to you owing me one, right? So. You know, I get so if you if you're gonna sit there for a while, then you need to buy a few sticks and finish the one you did, and then you smoke one more. I get it. Now I'm still up three, right? But it it really wasn't for like I think it goes back to the 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 relationship you have with your customer, right? So like if I got a guy that's dropping X amount of dollars every month, yep. and the cigar that he's bringing in, chances are he bought it at my shop anyway. Like for me, I'm gonna take care of that guy, right? <coughs> you know you got a guy that's kind of a slap dick, right, that, that is buying. He's probably, you know, if he is, well, fuck where you live, right, they could be buying from anywhere, right? And, and I love Vince, but if, he's, if you know he's buying, if a guy comes into your shop and he's smoking Romacraft, you know he didn't buy it there, right? So, you know, and, and it, or if he comes <laughs> the, the, No, no, listen. No, listen. Ouch. No, 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 but what I mean is, what I mean is you know that guy and you know, so yeah. it's, just, it's really just a way of taking care of, I don't know like exactly. Can we name them? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm I'm happy for those guys. No, but I what I mean is, you know, but if they come in with that, they absolutely need to buy at least one more. And if they're going to smoke a few cigars, then they need to be up at least that one cigar before they leave. You know, so sure. if anyone's planning doing that, but I totally get your side of it too. I mean, right? You're not going to walk in with a beer into a uh, like a, a a cigar or a, uh, like a beer place with your own beer and because they don't carry Bud Light, like, well, hey, I'll buy when you, you know, I totally get it. But at the same time, it's like, it's all, you know, hey, you're bringing in that cigar, cool, you need to buy two. And I mean. So here's yeah. what happens from the retailer's point of view, or from, hey, I don't want to count how many cigars you're up and I'm up and this and that. And like, did you buy that cigar for me? Did you buy it from one of the other like six, seven amazing shops around me? And that's kind of where it became the problem is. Uh, sure. I don't want to keep track of it. Like, it's not that hard. You walk into the shop, you spend 10 bucks, you sit down, enjoy it, you go home. If you have a cigar you want to smoke, smoke it on your way home, smoke it outside. Like, we're on Main Street. It's a beautiful street. There's uh, walking trails everywhere. Like, that's what outside's for and wherever you bought that cigar. It's just kind of like, I don't want to keep track of who bought what. Like, we're at the point, too, where, uh, and all of our guys are, well, not all of our guys. There's a few guys that are upset about it, but most of our guys are totally cool with it. Even like in an event, say you buy, here's a scenario. We had a guy who bought a whole box of cigars, right? Uh, very abnormal for him, but he had some extra money that month. And, like he never bought a box for me in his life. Uh, we had an event and he bought a box and he's like, hey man, uh, I got some extra money. I'm going to buy a box. You know, got his deal. He figured it way out over time. I was like, cool. So then he starts bringing them in, right? He's smoking them. Not a big deal because I know he bought the box. You fast forward, I have a really bad memory, but if every time you come in, you're like, hey, this is another cigar in my box, you make a point to say that, eventually right. I started writing it down every time he told me, and it was a 20-count <laughs> box, and I didn't say anything until I got to 30, and I didn't start writing down until <laughs> how long. And it's this magical box, like, it's like, you know, a, a Jesus miracle where he keeps pulling bread out, of, you know, more cigars out of his box. And that, and now I got to keep track of how many cigars were in that box and how many times he's brought it in. So what we did is put boxes in the humidor for everybody. They'll have their name on them. If you buy a deal at, a, at an event, 
then throw all your extras in there. When you come in, you'll have freebies in there and you can grab one out of your box at all times, but just don't bring them in. Cause I don't want to, it, it just complicates it. Like just buy a cigar from the guy that you're going in to use his couch. I don't, I don't know why it has to be more comp like complex than that. Cause I don't want to do the back and forth and keeping track. No, man, I yeah, totally get it. I would say I one, one difference between you guys and some of the places that we have around me is that your humidor is probably maintained correctly and has the right humidity, and I can smoke a cigar out of there, and it's probably good to go. That's not true of some of the shops around here, where if I buy a cigar, I have to let it sit in my humidor for a couple of weeks before I'll smoke it. So it's at least a difference. It certainly wouldn't change your mind or anything, but it's, it, no, yeah, there's sense. shops here that I would not would not trust to have maintained correctly so i'll buy from them but i don't want to smoke that cigar there that day that's a good point yeah. so you smoke lanceros what's your uh, what's your top three lanceros of all time Top three Lancers of all time. Uh, one is uh, a blend that we made uh, back in the day that I still love. We actually only get it in the Lancer now. It's pretty much just for me. I'm, me and maybe like two other guys still buy them. Um, that's really good. I'm a big fan of uh, the uh, my cheap go-to Lancers, the Leva V. Uh, I think that's a great, inexpensive Lancero. And Foom de More by Illusioni, I love. I think the other ones I love. Man, I can't even hate those answers. Those are actually good. Yeah. They're just like good. Those are, uh, I don't know. We don't have too many anymore, so I haven't actually had a Lancero in a while. Um, because Eli got rid of them all because people don't buy them. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Eli for throwing that. We had Lancero Row on point. Uh, I'm a big fan of 1502, his black gold Lancero. I think it's a great Lancero. Um, I'm over three, so I'm going to shut up. So uh, what's, your, what's your top three just cigars? Top three... Of all time. What's top your top top, time. top three favorite? Um, they're kind of random. Uh, the Latelier Identite is one of my go-to. I would say, like, are you saying, like, my go-to three cigars I always smoke or, like, all-time favorite cigars I've ever had in my life? All-time favorite. All-time favorite? Yeah. Uh... The Pepin uh, 15th that they did last year, that's one. The Illusion A, the Dark Prince, is one. Probably the gunpowder. No, not the gunpowder. <laughs> the third one's uh, a hard one. Yeah. I don't know if I have like a set three. There's just like two scars that pop out of my head that I absolutely love. You got a go-to three then? Yeah, go-to three. Patina copper is what I smoke almost every day. Uh, we have a cigar here at the shop that we made called the Echo. That's an eclair. That's my first cigar of the day. And then, uh, what's up, man? Uh, and then third one, go-to is Fancier Nights. I, just, I love cigar number one. So you said you've listened to the podcast. Stash, Trash, or Ash? You got you to stash one, keep it. You got to trash one, and you got to ash one. Got trash that patina, right? <laughs> <laughs> what an answer! I I probably uh, stash 
the patina, and I would ash the echo and trash the padrone. Mm. So because I could find the padrone any day of the week, and I know I start every day with that cigar. Um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, if you could have a cigar with anybody, who would it be? Uh, it'd be my grandfather uh, on my mother's side, or maybe my father's side too. I, I didn't really ever know him well because he's in Greece. I only saw him a few times in my life before he passed. But my grandfather on my mother's side, he always had like the Folgers can with with chew going on the on the <laughs> end table. He always had a pipe. And uh, had boxes of cigars everywhere. And like when he passed, uh, we you know went to their house and like packed up stuff. And I packed up a bunch of like little things that he, that he always had like this watch and this belt buckle he wore. And I have it all in an old cigar box that uh, was the last cigar box in his house. And uh, but I he you know he passed when I was way younger before I ever started smoking. So I'd love to sit down and have a cigar with that guy. Awesome, man. You guys, uh, you guys sell anything online? Uh, we do don't do it do... through like a website or anything like that, but we carry a lot of weird stuff that not everybody can find everywhere and pretty active on like social media. So we get guys that message us and then we, we ship to cool. We have a few guys that we ship to frequently and then people request that we'll ship to them, obviously. Can, uh, so how can people get hold of you? If that's all right. Uh, I call the shop phone just on online. It goes to mine any like cell phone or message us through Instagram or you can email us at relax at smokemaniunk.com. Any one of those. That's a good email address. Like that? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else have anything? I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. Man, thanks for coming on. Any other any yeah. other wisdom you want to share as before we before we jump off? Uh no, man. You guys are great. Uh, I love that all my guys are listening to you at the shop. They got me into listening more frequently. I, I kind of like intermittently would tune in, but I never like would finish an episode all the way uh, from start. To end. You're that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I kind of like skip around and, uh, and then, but I'm like, oh, I'm like always busy doing other stuff, like the software and all that. So it's like kind of hard, hard for me to find the time. And then it's actually become like my go-to thing, like while I'm writing code, just like listen to it in the background and it like keeps me entertained. Uh, you guys are doing a good job, man. So awesome. keep it up and thank you, hopefully man. Hopefully my shop doesn't close now that it came on the show. <laughs> ah, so you, so you did listen. like <laughs> Fatal six more months. Yeah. yeah. An awesome <laughs> job on bringing on Erica. Uh, it would be cool uh, to see more. Uh, it's hard to find them, but more cool girls in the industry on your show just to get their viewpoints. Uh, I don't think enough guys take women who smoke cigars seriously enough, and they tend to have the better palates when, when they come into our shop. So, for sure. Cool, yeah. man. Thank you. Awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Costa. Appreciate yeah, it, bro. Guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Yeah, right. good. Cheers, man. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Salt and Smoke Cigar Cast. Be sure to check us out on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, email us either about the podcast or about our cigar line at thesaltandsmoke at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you want any Salt and Smoke gear, please get onto our website and to our online store. We have shirts and hats. If you're looking for anything else, please let us know and we'll get it up there for you. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, talk to you again next week.